Hi, I'm Sylvia Sue. Welcome to More Than a Cake Store, a podcast where we'll explore stories of women in the Presbyterian Church of New South Wales who have faithfully responded with the gifts that God has given them, no matter how big or small, to the call of the gospel. And whether that skill is baking or banking, God receives it, hones it, and uses it for his glory. Our hope is that you'll be awed by God's graciousness and encouraged by these conversations to take the gifts that God has given and use them in service of him. Because after all, even a cake store in service of the king is more than a cake store. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Cake Store. Thank you for your patience as we have had some technical difficulties the last couple of weeks. So we really appreciate your patience because today's episode with Nicole Mannix is so encouraging. You might remember that Nicole shared with us earlier about the history of deaconesses in New South Wales. And today she shares about her own experience as a deaconess uh, serving at Penrith Presbyterian Church alongside her husband and family when their grapefruit tree just flourished, grew grapefruits in abundance. Uh, This led to a beautiful uh, community outreach, not only by the Mannix family, but they were joined by their church. And although the ministry ended at the end of last year, There are plans in place now to continue this incredible ministry in a way that serves the community. So welcome, Nicole. Should I call you Deaconess Nicole Mannix? Uh, Just Nicole is fine. (laughs) Just Nicole. Uh, Nicole, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, I am a Deaconess. Um, So I uh, studied at what was PTC then, now Christ College, quite a while ago, finished in 2006 and was commissioned as a Deaconess at Beecroft Presbyterian Church. We were there for about six years. In the meantime, my husband also graduated from college and started working there as well. Uh, we're now at Penrith Presbyterian Church. We've been here for just gone 10 years. Yeah, up until recently, I was also the Associate Dean of Women at Christ College, but no longer officially in that position, although still involved in chaplaincy at Christ College. Um, so married to Steve, have three kids. We have two boys and we have a foster daughter and a large dog. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like your hands are full. Your home is full. Yeah. Your heart is full. Pretty busy. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, something surprising about yourself. Something surprising. I wrote my honours thesis on the X-Men comics. Fun. So, yes, I spent a year reading comics in the basement of the library at Sydney Uni and they okay. gave me a degree for that. <laughs> so not your thesis for, for PTC or Christ no, 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 not no. We're talking to you today about a community pantry that um, has been happening at Penrith Presbyterian Church. And it began with a fruitful grapefruit tree. Uh, How did that (laughs) start a pear tree? Uh, So we have a grapefruit tree in our backyard. I got very excited when we moved in here. I went, oh, a lemon tree. And then I went, oh, a grapefruit tree because I don't like grapefruit. Um, It's just a very productive tree. We get lots and lots of grapefruits. So we just started putting them in a box at the mailbox and said, you know, feel free to take them. And people generally did. And then after a while, I thought, you know, it's lockdown. We have a lot of um, labourers and and people like that in the area who just didn't have any work during lockdown. So we started putting other food in there as well. We thought, you know, we seem to have a lot of pasta. We don't really need this bag of pasta. We'll put that there. So, yeah, just started putting food out with a little note saying, take what you need. And it always all went, but I noticed nobody ever took the whole lot. So Mm. people only ever took couple of things each they were very respectful I guess is the word um yeah and after a while but I thought there's obviously a need for it um so after a while I kind of thought 
maybe I should, we should do this in a more formal way. Yeah. Okay. And so then you went and bought a whole bunch of groceries and set it up at church yourself, or did you get people involved in the vision? What did you do next? <laughs> so I chatted to, I think, the Abbotsford Presbyterian who were also doing it and got some okay. ideas of how they, theirs was working. Yeah. Um, I went to session and said, this is what I'd like to do. They were very supportive. So then we went to the congregation and said, this is what's happening. And I think we had two Sundays where people could donate. So we were just up at the church and people would, could bring uh, groceries yeah. to donate. And then, and then we opened. So we opened twice a week. Wow. Um, so just Wednesday afternoons and Sunday afternoons. Yeah. And people from the church would come to, sometimes come up with food mm-hmm. uh, to donate or a lot of people gave money. Yeah. Um, because sometimes people would ring and say, what do you need? But the problem with because of the COVID regulations, things had to sit yeah. for three days before we could put it out. So yeah. it was really, I could say, well, right now we need this, but in three days' time it might be different. So, um, yeah, so it was really hard to kind of tell people what was needed yeah. at, at any one time. So it was kind of became easier for people to just, there were some, certain things yeah. that were always needed, like washing powder always went, toilet okay. paper, two-minute noodles, super popular. Yeah. Um, so there were some sort of regular things, but otherwise... Sometimes we're like, oh, we've run out of this thing. I'll go and buy it. Is there a specific passage in scripture that's inspired the ministry? <laughs> I can't really give you one verse because it's kind of all of the prophets. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, looking at the the way that God is concerned with the poor and the needy, mm. that it's it's worked into the law, in the gleaning laws, um, that he made provisions in the yeah. law for, to, to care for the poor. Um, but... It, yeah, I think something that struck me this year, we did Hosea in Bible study and also I've just been reading through um, Isaiah myself and I don't think I've ever really noticed it. Really, I always thought of pre-exilic prophets as always condemning Israel for their idolatry. Mm. Um, but when I read through it, I realised it's probably just as much about the way that they treated the poor and the injustice. Yeah. So, yes, they were condemned for their idolatry, but they were also condemned for not caring for the poor. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, like Amos 2.7, like in the same breath he condemns them for um might read it because that's easier yeah. uh he says they trample on the heads of the poor as upon the dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed father and son use the same girl and so profane my holy name so it's almost the same breath yeah. he's saying you know sexual sin and not caring for the poor yeah yeah and i don't want to put our cultural lens onto that but in a way that prostitution as well you know, isn't caring for the poor or it is, you know, it isn't also an exploitative yeah. thing as well. Yeah. And so it yeah. all comes together as uh, God's people not caring for the most vulnerable among them or the, you know, the weakest, not the weakest link. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but, you know, the, the poor and the needy in the community. Yeah. yeah. And and that that can then perpetuate a cycle of sin. Like we had one lady yeah. when we were setting up came and asked what's going on and we told her, and she said, oh, that's really good because at the moment I just have to steal stuff. And she opened a bag and showed us oh. all the stuff she'd just shoplifted. And I'm like, oh. oh, well, you know, come here instead. So, yeah, by by us not caring for people, that then forces them into doing things that are not helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, there's always the sort of fear that there will be people who exploit it, I guess, who mm. don't really need it. But I, my feeling with that was I would rather err on the side of generosity yeah than not give to people who do genuinely need it and that you know that's that's between them and god and it's on their conscience um although the people that came through like that we have very few people that seem to be exploiting in that way like most people were genuinely you know i never thought i'd be in this position yeah and i guess that's in some ways the ministry is about 
what we're contributing. We're called to give and we're called to do what God has asked us to do. And yes. we're not responsible for their intentions or, you know, the extracurricular activities. We're just told to go out and love and share, you know, the resources God's given us. That's Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't perfectly wonderful people when God no. extended generosity to us in Jesus. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Can you share a story with us about how you've seen God at work through the community pantry? Yeah, so we had quite a few good conversations with people. And because of the COVID restrictions, we could only have two people come through at a time. So that meant there was a bit of a queue outside for a little while. And so we always had one person out the front just chatting to people. So that opened up good opportunities. And I think it was good PR is an awful term to use, but um, yeah, it was just good for the church. You know, people often will say, oh, what does the church do for anyone? And that was just an example of like, oh, here's something that the church is actually doing to help people. And and people were really appreciative of that. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, I'm so thankful that you're doing this. Yeah. Um, And we actually, early on, we had a, an ex-missionary come through and oh. she said, oh, I'm, I'm used to being on the other end of this. Um, wow. So she was almost kind of struggling to take it because she said, I'm so used to being the one giving it out. Yeah. Um, but it's so lovely that there's someone who's That's amazing. taking care of us. What's been the greatest surprise through this ministry? We have had someone come to church through it. Awesome. Which was obviously that's the hope, but I kind of didn't expect it to happen that quickly. I yeah. thought, you know, maybe... We developed some good relationships and over a couple of years we would build this up. But um, we, we finished the year with delivering Christmas hampers. And I, yeah. when I delivered it, I said, there's a flyer in there for our carol service. And she said, oh, yes, it's already in my diary. And she came to our Christmas Eve carol service and then she came on Christmas Day. And then she came to our house for lunch on Christmas Day. And then she came back to church the next Sunday and she's been there ever since. So. How lovely. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's yeah. been really exciting. So you know what? If it, if all that work was just for one person, then it's Yeah, been, it's, it's worth, worth it. it. Yeah. Hundred percent. What's been the highlights? Well, that was probably a highlight. highlight? Um, But it's just been really lovely to get to know people as well. Because we had some people who came quite regularly, and we chat to them as they waited. um, Just getting to know people, and now see them on the street, we chat. Mm -hmm. Um, So it has developed some really good relationships in the community that we feel like we can build on. Yeah, and that's what we want to be doing as churches is it's good for God's people to come together and grow in faith and in maturity, but then to also develop relationships outside of the building. Yeah. Yeah. What's been the greatest challenge? Um, uh, to, to be honest, it wasn't difficult really. It was almost easier than I expected. It was it was actually really enjoyable to be there. Um, just We kind of anticipated, you know, we had lots of signs up saying, no abuse and Steve was very concerned that there was always a male there in case someone got violent or anything but none of that ever happened people were just genuinely really thankful and really friendly um we did have to have a conversation with one person who was coming twice a week and taking yeah everything twice a week and had to have a chat to him and say you know what you probably don't need a whole box of laundry powder every three days (laughs) that was kind of difficult in that it's yeah it was hard to do, but but he took it really well and it was all fine. Okay. Those conversations are unpleasant, but I think also helpful. Yeah. You know, because it helps to affirm for you what is the court, what is the purpose of this ministry? Why are we doing it? So you were commissioned as a deaconess in 2007. And we know that deacons were established in the book of Acts uh, because there were widows in need. And so apostles were busy and they went, okay, we're going to create a deacon's court, or, you know, we're calling it a deacon's court today, but we're going to create some deacons and they're going to go out and 
distribute food to the widows and the needy in the Greek community, the Greek widows. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a beautiful connection there. Do you see any relation to that commissioning? Is it, did you feel like it was connected to your deaconessing? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a history of mercy ministry amongst yeah. deaconesses. Um, and at the moment, now that we're kind of looking at where to go from here, we're actually talking about setting up a, a formal deacon's court. Okay. Um, partly just because, you know, as every church probably gets, we always get people turning up saying, oh, I, you know, I just need some money for petrol. <laughs> um, and often that's on a Sunday morning and they ask the minister and he's busy. And yeah. It's a bit hectic on a Sunday morning. So, you know, it would be helpful for, for them to have someone to say, you know what, there's there's people set aside to, to deal with that. Yeah, that's awesome. And that allows the minister's family to be able to share that load, but also that privilege with others. And yeah, yeah to have the church family involved that's really exciting what's been the greatest thing that you've learned through the community pantry opening our eyes to the need that's in the community but also really thinking through what's helpful long term Mm. so I think in the lockdown situation it was kind of an emergency relief that was needed and that was great but long term just handing out free stuff yeah. is not necessarily the most helpful thing to do. Um, yeah. So it's really made me think and look into what is useful and sustainable long-term mm-hmm. um, because we don't want to just drop it. So, you know, we made all these great relationships and then we go, okay, we'll see you later. Um, yeah. yeah, we, we want to build on that, but we want to build on that in a way that's helpful but also in a way that um, shares the gospel with people. Yeah, yeah. I know that you said when we were discussing this earlier that you had tracks available. Yes. Uh, so every one that came through the pantry, we put a little tract in their bag. Um, so everyone got one each time. And so we changed them over the weeks because people were coming multiple times. And there was actually one person that had been so often I didn't put one in his bag yeah, because I thought he's already got so many. Um, and he's like, oh, did you put the booklet in? Because I want to give it to my friend. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we put, put them in the bag. I think people can be afraid of coming if they need something because they don't want to be evangelized immediately or their immediate need is food or groceries. Um, And so it's it's just a gentle way to say this is what we're about. But we see you as a person and this isn't about converting you. This is because we see you. We're showing God's love to you. Yeah. Yeah. And in the hampers we also have little information about other things that we have on a church, so church services but also some of the kids' ministries, youth group, Bible studies, things like that. Uh, so they were Christmas hampers. Do you want to tell us about those yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the way we finished up. So people needed to register if they wanted one. So for the last couple of weeks um, people were filling out forms and we just asked who else is in your, your household. So everyone got a hamper of food which had some staple-type foods in it like yeah. pasta and rice and tuna and tin vegetables. Um, but then it also had some special things like chocolates and yeah. fancy biscuits and Christmassy things Um, and then also a gift so everybody got everyone in the household got a a gift as well oh wow that's that's really lovely yeah yeah and then we hand delivered them all and that was nice Nice. too and that was also another way for for members of the church to get involved that's really cool how were they received yeah really well people were generally really appreciative yeah Um, yeah and they had registered for them so it wasn't yeah it wasn't a surprise (laughs) (laughs) how did you get my address (laughs) Um, so it sounds like the pantry uh, was really taken, embraced by the church family. Um, yeah. So we had um, four people there every time. 
Yeah. Um, so we had a roster of people awesome. that would come and either, you know, they'd be either signing people in or packing groceries yeah. or being out the front chatting to people. Sure. And then we had people regularly donating yeah. groceries. We had one lady who knitted a whole lot of beanies when it was oh, in sweet. the colder months. Yeah. Um, and they, they all went. Um, yeah. So that was nice. That's and then, so yeah, we had a lot of people just donating yeah. money as well and praying for it. What do you think the impact of that was on the church family? I think the people that were physically there helping really were quite encouraged by it. Um, yeah. And I think it, it <laughs> in one sense it was really lovely for us because it was a time when we couldn't, physically meet together yeah. and so it was a way to actually just be in the same room as someone yeah. from church which was nice. really exciting yeah. <laughs> um so it was really nice to be able to be working together because I think that's what people really missed yeah. like I had one lady before we started it when I was kind of in the process of thinking about it I spoke to her and she said I just feel really lost because I'm used to doing stuff at church I'm yeah. used to being involved in all these ministries and I'm just sitting at home um yeah. so I think yeah. it was really good for the congregation to have something that they felt they could contribute to yeah. um, and do ministry in a time when they couldn't do the ministries that they were normally involved in. Yeah, because lockdown really has a significant impact on church members who, you know, miss a PWA group or their Bible study groups have gone on Zoom and they're not great at connecting that way. And yeah. so to continue in fellowship but to also have a purpose uh, yeah. together, a shared purpose is um, I think really bonding for a church in a really special way that you guys were able to do that. That's really lovely. So the pantry was just a temporary measure, as we've discussed. Uh, the, the session is going to appoint a deacon's court. Is there any other next steps for you guys in reaching out to the community? Yeah, so we actually had a meeting two days ago about that, of where we want to go from here. Um, we've got lots of ideas. Um, one of the things that I, I just recently read um, Generous Justice by Timothy Keller, mm. and it has this kind of division. I mean, it's not just Keller, it's a common thing, but it's yeah. division between sort of relief and then development. Yeah. Um, so we really want to focus on how do we get people to a point of not needing yeah. the relief. So there will always be emergencies and there will always be people who just need some food right now. I mean, we had one person who came to the pantry who was literally shaking because he was so hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that case, you don't go, well, you know, how can I help you write a resume or something? Yeah. Um, you just need food and you need it now. Um, but, yeah, we want to really think about how we can get people, to, get, well, can get the ministry to that next step of actually helping people long-term to get out of that yeah. situation of need. Yeah, so we're looking at still having some kind of food ministry but not to the same extent yeah. as it was. Um but also possibly just having a drop-in yeah. centre um, regularly so people can just come and chat, um, yeah. things like helping with school supplies. Okay. Um, yeah, but what we want to do in the next couple of weeks is actually chat to a few people who came to the pantry and see what they think would be helpful as well because yeah. I think, you know, I can have all these wonderful ideas but I'm not the one that actually needs it. Um, so I want to talk to the people who actually were accessing it and, think about yeah. what would be helpful for you so how that's such a beautiful collaboration as well that's just not just you know we're here to serve which is beautiful but also we're really here to serve you and your needs and you mm. know yeah equipping you not just through lockdown but through the future that's really lovely yeah. yeah yeah would you have any advice to give to somebody who maybe wanted to start a justice or mercy ministry in their church uh, I think 
go ahead and do it. I think, yeah. I think it, it's something that's really on God's heart. Yeah. Um, just, you know, I said before I couldn't give you a, a single verse because it's just all through the whole Bible yeah. um, is God's concern for the poor and God's concern for how his people treat the poor. Mm. Um, so I think it it's something that's really important. But, yeah, I think you want to do it in a way that promotes the gospel. Um, and I think you need to get your church on board um, yeah. because it can be a massive job. I mean, even with the pantry, I was mainly responsible for it and it took about 10 hours a week wow. for me. Yeah. Um, and that was with other people helping. Okay. And yeah. that was fine during lockdown when I really wasn't doing much else, um, but that's certainly not sustainable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you really need to have people yeah. on board with you. Um, yeah session and, and the wider church community i think there's always um this tension when you see a need you have a heart for it and you want to go and do something about it and it can sometimes feel like going through session and you know recruiting people is just going to slow down the work yeah but there's a wisdom in that isn't there yeah and that was really when we first started i'm like we just need to start right now yeah. and Session's like well i think we should wait a couple of weeks and i'm like no um but yeah it was yeah. all fine yeah 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 and and i think that helps to um neutralize the sense of urgency and, and you know if you if you're taken down you know hope got in god's will hopefully not but you're taken down by a bus knowing that it's okay. The ministry can continue well, without me. Yep. And even if the ministry pauses for a minute, the world is not going to end. There's, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's okay. It kind of helps you hold things in perspective. Yeah. 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 I did get very good at knowing where to buy the cheapest stuff as well. Oh. Like, I know this shop is good for this item, but this shop is better for this item. Yeah. <laughs> Got to know the local discount groceries around That's the place. Awesome. Did you ever come into trouble with like, um, shopping you know limits like during lockdown like only this many packs of pasta or is that not such an issue uh, this time around no I don't yeah. think there were any particular limits okay. at the time um I did get some strange looks yeah um, so, <laughs> and people were just like why are you buying like 100 packs of coffee <laughs> so I often I would explain it's lockdown, yeah. what it's for which which um you know, created yeah, opportunities yeah. in itself awesome. that, you yeah. know, and have chats in the grocery line about this is why I'm buying all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, um, during lockdown, I asked the lady who runs the community p- pantry near us, um, what would you like? And she said, we need Dolmio um, and frozen veggies. So I had $150 worth of Dolmio jars <laughs> and frozen veggies. And I did an online order and went to pick it up from Woolies. And she was like, I just don't know if we pack this right. Sure? <laughs> I'm like, yep. But again, it was a lovely opportunity to be able to explain to someone, you know, there's a ministry across the road. This is who's running it. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, ni- nice for people in the public to hear that churches are actually getting out there and engaging the community. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't want to be a PR machine. But I think in the current climate, the church needs all the good PR. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to tell us about the pear tree? I really enjoyed doing it. Like in, in one sense, it was really heartbreaking hearing people's stories. Yeah. Um, but it was really lovely that they were trusting us to share that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was yeah. really nice. Sometimes people come through and just go, like, we have literally nothing in our cupboard. Like, I'm so yeah. thankful. So that, you know, that always feels nice. Not yeah. that that's why we do it. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice to be able to help yeah. people that you knew really needed it. Is there any way that um, you felt? God working through you in all of this? Uh, I think 
he's really opened my eyes to how much, I mean, like I always knew it was there that God said, look yeah. after the poor, but I think it's really, yeah, God often does this where he just times things really nicely. So like, you know, what you hear on the radio happens to match what you hear in the yeah. sermon, which happens to match what you reading and, you know, yeah, things yeah. all come together. And I think that really happened last year that that was a time when I was reading through um, the prophets and, yeah. and studying Hosea in Bible study and and that that topic was coming up a lot at the same time as I was physically seeing the need yeah. um, and doing the pantry and it's really, I think, pushed me to think more about uh, doing that kind of justice ministry. It's so beautiful how he brings everything together and gives us exactly what we need in that moment to be able to do it. He, he doesn't yeah. just throw us out there and go, swim he you know gives us all the tools we need in our toolkit to do it and so um that's really lovely I hope that uh as the ministry continues in whatever um version it takes as you guys go forward um I hope that you're not only is it going to be a blessing to the community but it's also going to enlarge your view of God and his justice and his mercy and equip you um well to do it I hope that yeah it, it will I'm, I'm sure that it's going to bless the community but I think um, I'm excited to hear in the future how this is going to shape your relationship with Jesus and grow you in faith. Thanks so much for your time, Nicole. I'm just going to pray you. for the ministry of Penrith Presbyterian Pantry. Um, and then, yeah. We'll oh, that's go. a good name. Who am I wrong with? That? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we always just call it the community pantry, but I like the, the alliteration of that. <laughs> it's much easier to say. I'm going to pray for the community pantry. <laughs> Um, Father God, we thank you so much for the work that you have done through a fruitful grapefruit tree, which grew in abundance and allowed uh, the Mannixes to enjoy not only your abundance, but the blessing of sharing that with others. We thank you for the session and the church coming together to not only make this happen, but to um, give Nicole the support and the collaborative wisdom and encouragement and resources uh, so that as a church, they were able to connect with the community and share God's love and share uh, physically and tangibly the gospel, not only through word, but also through deed. Um, so we ask that you continue to bless uh, Penrith Presbyterian Church um, with momentum and open eyes to see the needy and the poor and those who are usually unseen in our community, that they will live out your call that they will demonstrate their faith and they will demonstrate your kindness as they serve you by serving their community. Uh, we ask that you hold Nicole and the church in your hands going forward, that all uh, their works that you have already laid out for them to do will be done uh, with joy and um, kind-heartedness, bringing glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of More Than a Cake Store. In our next episode, we're joined by Karen Cumberledge. Karen was trained as a doctor, has served in youth mental health, as a kids ministry worker in her church, and as a chaplain in juvenile justice. She's led an incredible life of service to the Lord in both paid ministry and in the secular world. It's an exciting story of God's faithfulness, provision and guidance. We hope you'll join us. This podcast is a ministry of the Presbyterian Church of New South Wales Women's Ministry Committee. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, 
or at pcnswomen.org.au. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you share it with your friends so that they too will be encouraged by these conversations to take the gifts that God has given them and use them in service of humans.